Today's program has been brought to you by White Oak Pastures, a five-generation Georgia-based beef and poultry farm determined to conduct business in an honorable manner. For more information, visit whiteoakpastures.com. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And I'm Mary Izette. From the Man Body. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Shut Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of Sharp and Hot. I am your host, Emily Peterson, broadcasting to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I want to wish our New York listening area radio station, WNYC, a happy 90th birthday. I heard uh, some of their broadcast on my way into Brooklyn today, and 90 years is a long time. Uh, it is Heritage Radio's five-year anniversary this month, and we are in the middle of our summer membership drive. So if you love Heritage Radio Network, please go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the Donate button and become a member of our Heritage family today. Um, and with those dollars, you keep shows like Sharp and Hot afloat, and we truly appreciate it from everybody here. On today's show, we will have in the studio after the break the band Teen, who, in addition to being an awesome foursome of women, are also obsessed with food. They'll be here um, in the studio, but first by phone, I have with me an editor from Sunset Magazine and one of the two authors behind the Sunset Great Outdoors cookbook. The subtitle is Adventures in Cooking Under the Open Sky. Elaine Johnson, welcome, Elaine. Thank you so much, Emily. I'm so glad to have you. Coincidentally, Michael Chiarella, who wrote the foreword to your book, uh, if you listened, listeners, if you listened to last week's show, his wife, Eileen Chiarello, talked about her project, Barn Razor. It's a very small world out there in California. It is a small world. <laughs> I would love to get out there and visit everybody. Everybody makes your area of the world sound so beautiful, although I got to say Brooklyn is pretty awesome as well. But this cookbook that you have out is all about being out of doors, which I guess you can probably do more readily in your neck of the woods than in Brooklyn. But tell me about the Sunset Outdoor, Great Outdoors cookbook. Sure. Well, we believe anytime you're outdoors, you're having an adventure, whether you're in your backyard, you're camping, or you're at the beach or further afield, and this book is all about ways to enjoy great food in all those places. And I understand you're especially interested in camping. Do I hear you're going camping with a toddler? I, we are going camping with our toddler. We started camping with our toddler when he was six months old. That was our first camping trip. And um, I grew up camping with my family, and some of the best and clearest memories that I have are of the meals that were around camp, some of them involving um, borderline legal gathering of shellfish exposed at low tide on the coast <laughs> of Maine that my father would take, you know, we would take back to the camp and have these beautiful like just fish boils basically uh, in Acadia National Park. And so when we had our son, both my husband's family took him camping as well as my family. And so when we had our son, we just started doing the same thing. We just had this philosophy, like you just strap them on and you go, which I have to say when they're six months old and you can park them in a pack and play, um, which you're not allowed to call them playpens anymore for anybody who doesn't have kids. I don't know if, if this is common knowledge. You are not allowed to put your kid in a playpen. It is called a pack and play. Um, <laughs> so when they're six months old and you can park them, it's much easier. So, yes, I was hoping you could give me some uh, 
tips for cooking for toddlers at camp um, when they are just starting to get old enough to help, like maybe hold an ear of corn and sort of peel it? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, well, I have um, twin boys myself, and they're now 17. So um, we started we started camping with them when they were four months old. Wow, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's a busy time, a very a very busy time, but it's so rewarding. You, you really see nature through a whole new set of eyes, and it gives you a, a different way to think about cooking as well. And in terms of, of the food... We believe that eating well in camp really starts at home. Thinking about, um, you know, the planning, the prepping, the packing, what does everybody like to eat? And if you want your kids to be part of it, getting their, getting their buy-in if they're, you know, old enough to, to tell you what they'd like to be eating in camp and what they're um, up for making. I can't so, stress to people enough the importance of planning meals at camp before you get to your destination. I mean, I'm guilty too of like being so excited to go camping that we just sort of buy the beer and then like end up at a grocery store (laughs) as night is falling and we're trying to figure out what we want to eat in Ithaca, you know. (laughs) So your book is wonderful in that you give tips for what you can do before you leave, like mixing together all of the components of the pancake batter so that all you have to do is add your liquids when you get to camp. Right, and it makes it makes it so much easier. Yes, you do need to put out some time, you know, when you're when you're at home, but it is so worth it because then you're going to have all your ingredients and you're going to eat amazing food. So, um, if you're thinking about what everybody likes to eat with with kids, you know, some kids can be a little picky. So, um, not maybe my you... kid. No, he he, not my child. No, I'm just kidding. I used to brag on this show that he would eat everything. Now he's like, nope, I only, he lives on like blueberries and canned pineapple. That's all he, I, uh, I don't, I don't know what to do about it. (laughs) Well, we have, we have some recipes you can customize, some recipes in the book you can customize. And that's a nice way to get kids involved. Um, For example, there's one that's oatmeal with the works and that's like um, your basic oatmeal, but then you set out this topping bar. And kids can kind of decide what they'd like to have with it. Maybe they don't want to have the pomegranate molasses drizzle, but maybe they'd like to have a little coconut or a few chocolate chips or something like that. Um, we've got grilled hot dogs with um, grilled onions and other things you can you can put on top. There's an amazing recipe for pizza that you make in a cast iron frying pan, and I credit that recipe with totally saving a trip I was taking with just my two boys and my, my husband couldn't join us for a few days. We went to Yosemite and the campground where we had planned to go, it, I'm a last minute camper too. And, <laughs> um, this was one of these no reservation campgrounds. I thought, Oh, perfect. We'll just get there early and everything will be, you know, just fine. Well, we got there kind of early, but not early enough. It was full. So we had to go miles down this terrible road to this other campground we finally got there there was no water except we had brought with us and so the boys were looking at me like oh mom what have you gotten this into (laughs) and then I pulled out everything to make pizza in a frying pan and they totally brightened up we had this great pizza we we pulled out you know some 
wholesome board game or something like that afterwards. <laughs> and the lantern, and we had a fantastic time. And the next day, we went back to the first campground and and we got our spot. And I've only and my- done the no reservation camping once last summer, and we're doing it again this summer, maybe twice this summer. And you really are like you're playing with fire a little bit. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so. I'm thinking about the, you know, the planning for for camp food, and in my household, we definitely plan for happy hour. I think that is, it is an important part of having a good time in camp, and for the adults, you know, that means one thing. It might mean Negronis and, and dates wrapped in bacon and browned in a skillet, and but it's nice for kids to have their little equivalent, a small snack or, you know, whatever, whatever you like them. I love that have. idea. Yeah. And you're, I have to say the, the photograph of the Negronis in the book is so, it just, I, it makes you just want to reach into the page and have a sip. It looks so refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you could enjoy it at home. Well, yeah. And that's what's so versatile about this book. It's not only is it stuff that you can take on the road with you. You can also just take it into the backyard and pitch your tent, you know, on, on the lawn. Um, definitely. Uh, I'll tell you about a couple things that I really like to bring when I go camping. One is a soy and ginger flank steak. And if you happen to get your act together to make this ahead, you can marinate it and freeze it, and it can double as an ice block in your cooler. And then once you get to camp, all you do is just throw it on the little camp grill, if you, know, if you have a camp grill, that is. Um, it's also... I really like to make the first night's dinner when I'm still at home and because invariably I get to camp, we're busy unpacking, setting up the tent and all that. And so I like um, a recipe that we call a campground meze where you just set out all these great things at room temperature, hummus and um, pita and raw vegetables and things like that, and everybody can kind of nosh on that. And then nobody's starving by the time it's dark. You that know, is, yeah, it's such good. a good idea because I think one of the things that uh, it, the first few times you go camping and maybe even the first time in a season that you have forgotten over the winter, how it does take a while for a campfire to get going to a point where you're ready to cook on it because you don't want to cook on the bright orange flames that you might toast marshmallows on that, but that you need it to burn down, which can take over an hour. And so to have something like, okay, for the first night, we're just going to set out everything that's ready to go and we can have the marshmallow fire and then the next day kind of get into the more serious act of cooking. Um, I have to say, I've never cooked at camp in a Dutch oven and I am going to purchase one for this upcoming trip that we're taking because I'm really excited to try making this Dutch baby that you have in here for breakfast. Oh, that is such a fun recipe. Well, that's one that I uh, actually created myself, and I I couldn't resist the challenge to create a double Dutch baby, which um, if you're familiar with a Dutch baby, it's that German pancake that poofs up in the oven, and the thought of making one in a Dutch oven, you know, what what could be more perfect? So um, it's just the egg and flour, milk, batter. You, you put that uh, into some sizzling butter in the Dutch oven, and you cover it, let it do its thing. You've, you've got your coals arranged for baking, which means some are on the bottom, some are on the top. And then you sprinkle the whole thing with fresh raspberries and have a little raspberry syrup to go with it. Now, in terms of the 
the Dutch oven. I know you have a recipe in here for a pork wrapped in banana leaves that you cook with both that top heat and bottom heat. Do you leave right. that at camp when you like go to the beach or go hiking and go what you're going to do on coals? Or do you, how, do you, how does that work in terms of timing? That's something for a kind of hang, hang in camp afternoon. Right, yeah, okay. I, I don't think I would leave it just going on its own. Um, or if there's somebody in your group who feels like hanging out in camp, you know, they, maybe they'd be willing to do that one day. Right, to be, the, to be the, the watcher of the grill. So, yes, I guess that's my circuitous way to get to the safety of never leave a fire unattended. We, um, the same place that doesn't take reservations, it's, it's called Cedar Point Campground. It's out in East Hampton on the far east end of Long Island, if you ever get out there. And it's a, I have to say, it's a well-appointed campground. There's a, there's a um, jungle gym, and there's a shop, and you can rent paddle boards and canoes and things. But nice. it's, I mean, once you get to your site, though, it's, like you're, it's rustic. And, but you're not allowed to have a campfire at all. And so I was happy to see that you've included some recipes that you can make on a gas camp stove as well. Yeah, definitely. And for, for people who are going camping for the first time, I think that is... a great way to go, especially if you're um, bringing kids with you for the first time, because it is, you know, it is a fair amount to pull together. And maybe just having the stove that first time and cooking on it will, that'll be plenty. Right, right, right. For yeah. heading out. I think so my- you can make something like the pizza. Right. And my dad was a Boy Scout. And so our camping was I, you know, because he sort of took care of everything when I became an adult and started camping on my own, I was way overly ambitious, which is, you know, how we would end up with like beer and cold hot dogs because I was like, okay, we're going to get everything in camp. But I didn't, I didn't understand how much planning went into it. So let me ask you a question in terms of like getting together um, menu items that you know you're going to cook at camp. Say you need to bring with you soy sauce. Do you bring uh-huh. the whole bottle of soy sauce or do you just take the two tablespoons that you're going to need? Or, you know, do you plan, a, you know, like, are there things you bring that you might need? Or, you know, yeah. so you don't end up with 50 pounds of loose bottles in the in the trunk. Right. Um, I like to keep old um, spice jars on hand and I put things like uh, soy sauce in those because a, a few of those items can really make your your meal taste special. I always bring a salt grinder and a pepper grinder and I figure I can make and good olive oil. I figure I can make just about anything taste good with those but it's fun to have a few of those extra things too if you can transfer them to small um, to small bottles and have them in your your gearbox. Right. Okay. And the last, we are about out of time, but I have to ask you about my least favorite thing, which is doing the dishes. Do you have any tips? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm guilty of disposable dishware at camp because I, I really don't enjoy doing it. But luckily I married somebody who doesn't mind it nearly as much as I do. <laughs> well, I, I always bring along a pasta pot or you can buy one of those fancy collapsible sinks from an outdoor store like um, REI. And then I keep some biodegradable soap and a sponge and a plastic mesh pad, uh, which I use for my cast iron frying pan, all in a Ziploc bag. So once they get gooey, I can just put them back in there. And then I just do the dishes in the pasta pot and rinse everything out under the tap uh, in camp and then set them out upside down on the picnic table. It's, it's pretty fast. And I do heat up the water on the stove so that 
it's not freezing cold, you know, it's nicer on the hands. Right, yeah. I think that's one of the keys is having warm water and not feeling like you're washing things with cold. I, I don't. I think it might, like how some people don't like eggplant because it's a textural thing. I think cold water washing dishes, and maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's a childhood memory thing that it was like, you have to wash the dishes before you go to bed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Elaine, thank you so much for coming on Sharp and Hot. I truly appreciate it. I have a copy of your book that is going to be my summer cookery Bible anytime we are out. we are outside. I have put a link up on sharpenhot.com to both Sunset Magazine and also to the book on Amazon so people can go ahead and purchase it there. And um, thank you again. And after the break, the band team will join me in the Heritage Radio thank studio. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. This summer, Heritage Radio Network is turning five years old. Since our launch in 2009, we've continued to bring you food and culture content like no one else. And we need, absolutely need your help. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a passionate, grassroots, action-oriented, nonprofit organization. That means we depend on the support from listeners like you to keep us alive. If you love what you hear on Heritage Radio Network, visit our website and become a member today. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. It's so not personal. I've been struggling with the same problems for years. Danger, oh danger, you might lose your balance. Wrap it up so tightly. So no one can see inside, no one know you're hiding Danger, oh danger, you might lose your balance Trust that they will give you guidance It's only a bag of tricks, a fool's dance Danger, oh danger, you might lose your balance Imagining a world of riches Away from all these witches, no more pink stitches Danger, oh danger, you might lose your Welcome back to Sharp and Hot. I am Emily Peterson, your host, broadcasting to you live from Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I want you to think back to your coffee experience this weekend. Mine was very, very delicious. I am in the process with my husband of tasting through our craft coffee box of deliciousness. And since it was a three-day weekend, for three days, my husband got up and we got transported around the world in our coffee cups. Every morning, he'd read to me the tasting notes and we'd decide what mood we were in. And these three coffees have been specifically curated for us and our tastes. And I didn't have to go to the store. Not only would I not find a coffee curator there, even if I did, nope, they mail it right to uh, right to my door, a monthly box of goodies right to my mailbox. If you go to craftcoffee.com and pick a subscription that looks perfect for your household and use the code SHARP at checkout, <clears throat> they will give you a 10% discount on your order. How sweet is that? So thank you to Craft Coffee. And now that beautiful song that you heard during the break, 
the artists, the band Teen, are joining me in the studio. Ladies, would you do me a favor and pull the microphones close to you and just go around and introduce yourselves and say your name and your responsibility in the band? Like if you're a, a singer or you play the maracas. Um, and tell me the best thing that you've re- uh, eaten recently because our mutual friend Joanna tells me that you are all really obsessed with food and eating. Yes. Oh, God. The most, okay. So I'm Teeny. I play guitar and keys and I sing. Um, the most amazing thing I've eaten recently. Oh, I'm going to have to think. Okay. I'll come back to We'll you. come back to you. I'm Bushra. I play bass, and I had some amazing pork belly last night at a Japanese place called Uminoi in East Village. Awesome. I love pork belly. Transcendentally good. Mm. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Catherine. I play drums. Um, You might have to come back to me on the food, too. There's been so much. All right. We can come back to you. Uh, I'm Lizzie. I play keys. And I think... The best thing I've eaten lately is I got these eggs from a farm I went to in Kentucky, in Moorhead, Kentucky, and I brought back like four dozen of them, and they're so good. I have chickens in my backyard. You do? Yeah. I have to tell you, there's nothing quite like going and like having a real egg. No. So good. And the yolks are like bright Bright orange. orange. So good. So you all are about to leave for a big European tour. Mm -hmm. Is this your first time on tour in Europe? Nope. Okay, so going back over there, is there food stuff that you can't find here that you're really looking forward to over there? Oh. Yes. Coffee, since you talked about coffee. Yeah, it's good like coffee. really good coffee everywhere. everywhere. No matter where you are. Like gas stations. That it's, yeah. And it doesn't happen here. People no, no, like, no. There's a big difference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Pain au chocolat in oh, Paris. Yeah. The bread in For Paris. sure. And the bread, just bread. Bread in general, <laughs> yeah. I'm... Uh, I am also looking forward to drinking some beer and eating some bratwurst in Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last time we were there, we went to a brewery where they house-made sausages and all the beer was made in-house, too. And where it was, was just that? like in Heidelberg. 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 Yeah. As local as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, in Germany, if you get a chance to go to a grocery store, they make these little tiny tins. They're like the size of... Um, I dated a German, which is why I'm allowed to say this, but they look like cat food tins, like a little tin, a, a fancy feast. That's what he would call them. Yeah. So I feel like you can email me, Emily, Chef Emily at sharpenhot.com. Uh, <laughs> um, they are green peppercorn pate, and they're so good. And you just Yum. open them and like smear it on bread and drink like beer or like a glass, glass of Zect with it. Oh, it's so, and it's so simple, and you cannot find it anywhere here. Yum. Yeah. I have no idea. My boyfriend's German, so maybe I'll ask him. Ask him what it's... He said he goes home and eats liverwurst all the time. And it's the same thing, like really cheap. You can't... People don't eat it here. And I don't understand... I I really don't understand... I think it's just got bad PR. I think it's because it's called liverwurst that people are like, oh, I don't eat that. I'll have a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Right. (laughs) (laughs) So did you grow up... Some of you guys are sisters, right? There's three sisters? Yeah. You're the odd one out. Okay, so the three sisters, did you grow up with parents that cook? Yes. yes our mom's a very, very good cook. So what's your earliest food memory? And I'm curious to know if you each have your own or if it's a collective, like, the time the Thanksgiving earliest turkey was perfect memory. or fell on She the used to make, I mean, one of my favorites is she used to make these dumplings. She yeah, still does. Oh, yeah. And the, 
And they're so, these pork dumplings are amazing. And chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings, yeah. I wish the listeners could see your faces. You all just (laughs) sound like, oh, the dumplings. She made really good moussaka, too. She started making moussaka when we got a little older, and that was, like, Mm. to die for. My, it's my mother-in-law's go-to dish when company's coming over is moussaka. Really? And I didn't, I've never mm. had, I had never had it until I met her. And now I'm like, man, so, so good. good. It's like Greek lasagna, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like layers of ground lamb, potatoes. What else is in Egg there? Eggplant. Eggplant, mm-hmm. right? That's mm, so good. So tell me about your life as musicians. Do you spend a lot of time on the road? Yes. Is that like, I, one of the questions that I get asked a lot is like, oh, how do you get to do what you do? And it's like, well, I've chosen to make a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was uh, texting with a friend yesterday who has, I occasionally I get lured by the um, stability of a full-time job where someone else tells me what to do every day. I don't have the like genetic makeup to make that happen longer than maybe six months tops. But every once in a while I think, okay, I'm going to get a real job. Um, and she was, she texted me back. She's like, "If what are you looking for? I was like, well, I need some place that I can do the radio show once a week. And I teach two days a week at NYU. And I'm going to be, you know, and I really enjoy my yoga class. And so I need like, <laughs> a place that's flexible enough. And she, she said, well, let me know when you find the magic, the magic solution. And I said, it's coming to a place of knowing which discomfort you're okay with. Right. And so I'm curious to know, like, how do you, what does your daily life look like? Give everyone sort of a, a look into the life of working, young working musicians. Mm. Um, actually, for me, a lot of time in front of a computer. <laughs> so you have like a, a, you have an office job? No, no, no. I mean, even for the band, because we have to do, you know, you do everything yourself, which I think we actually don't even really mind doing that much. And we spend a lot of time rehearsing, too. Um, mm-hmm. and, but Catherine, you know, spends a lot of time doing budget. And Busher does art. You also do art on the side. She's a photo retoucher. Oh, wow. Okay. And you have this very cool video for that song, right? The with the, whose face is that in the dark? Is that one? Is that one of your faces with the black eyes that change uh, and more? It's mostly think, her face. Yeah, we're in there video. sometimes. Yeah, it has. I mean, you do have this very beautiful aesthetic. Like it comes across in your music, and it comes across in the video. Oh, and I really think that. Um, that you guys are I just I think you're awesome Um, so what are you most looking forward to when you go over to Europe in the musical world like are there venues that you are because you put do you put together the tour yourself no we have a booking agent okay so what Mm -hmm. what is it you got the email like this is where you're going and you're like yes um always excited about Amsterdam for me we're Mm -hmm. going to Basel which I'm excited about I think I drove through Basel once. That's Switzerland. Did we go to Switzerland last time? Yes, but we didn't go to Basel. Yeah. And we're playing Latitude Festival, which is a really nice thing to do. I mean, it's like a big festival. There's going to be acts there that we that I would really like to see. That I think everyone would like to see. Um, The King George and oh yeah, yeah. it's this amazing little. I don't even know. I mean, it's a venue. Obviously, we play there, but it's really a bar and. It's. It was one of those shows last time we showed up and we were like, oh, oh, what is this? There was no stage, no room that we could tell. We didn't know where we were going to set up. It was a dive bar. And you just like wing it. And we had the best show and the people were really amazing. And we had a really fun night. And 
It's just one of those tour things. That's awesome. My friend, uh, I have a friend, Nice Peter, who is on tour now, and he was saying one of the best experiences was there was no back room of the stage. You had to walk through the audience to get sort of like in front of everybody, Mm -hmm. and it was just like a stool and a microphone, and that was the same reaction. He said it was the best, that sort of intimacy with people. Yeah, it's fun. So how can people find out more about you? And you're you're Brooklyn-based, right? Mm -hmm. So when you come back from your tour, do you have any shows in Brooklyn lined up yet? Oh, yeah. September. End of September. September, we're playing Babies All Right with a band uh, called Islands. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so you will be, do you have a website? We do. We have a Tumblr. You have a Tumblr, right. It's okay. teen-nyc.com. Okay. Jack, can um, I tell everybody what happened to Heritage's Tumblr? We got, um, <clears throat> we have a beautiful Tumblr, Tumblr page. Uh, and then one hour, it got taken over by pornography. <gasps> and so for a very short period of time, anyone <laughs> could have seen very explicit porn and burning American flags and things that are pro-McDonald's. What? Which, if anyone knows anything about Heritage Radio Network, those are three things we don't stand Wait, for. What? <laughs> That's so crazy. It's weird. And it's very creepy. weird. Creepy and weird. And we were, you know, before the show, before you guys came in, we were like, who does like what what person so now i'm gonna try to i have to like detach my like tumblr oh right we got hacked like so i have to stop doing that okay so tell us your tumblr page <laughs> it's teen-nyc.tumblr.com okay and you are also on instagram but i looked at your instagram i didn't see any food pictures so i'm hoping you might post some from from europe we should start oh, yeah, doing we should. started i mean when we I think it was from our first tour, we started writing down our favorite places to eat. And we like thought about making a blog or something to like tell people or that there, or there aren't. And I feel like there aren't any like blogs or anything about like for musicians where to go and where to eat on tour, because you essentially go to the same places, the same towns every tour. Right. And you would definitely have people like me who are like food, who love food right. and I don't want to have to wade through Yelp that I don't really trust. Right. Like right. You, would, right. you would be like curating. You should totally do this. We should do that. This is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Not that you I need still have a list. Yeah. Because you stumble Project. upon some amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Unexpected. The yeah. best stuff that we've found is when, if we're, if we're lost and we're starving you ask a postal carrier where ah. they eat lunch. Oh, that's a you, good uh, one. You'll never be steered wrong because they're always like, and it's usually like, you know, sloppy Joe's with right. like homemade French fries. But it's like, whatever it is, it'll be good. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have, you know, they need the fuel for the day. Yeah. Right. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for coming to Roberta's. Have a fantastic tour. Thank I am, um, I am, mildly jealous that I don't get to go and tour through Europe with you and eat along. I would come and just be your like photo blogger and like write about your food places for you if I could hide in your suitcase and leave yeah. my leave my husband with our almost two year old. Like, sorry, I have to go to Basel. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful, wonderful trip. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, where are we on my script here? Oh, yeah, there we are. On next week's show, the band Landlady will be here, as well as Chef Andrew Gruel. And if you listeners are in Brooklyn on Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 12th, I will be emceeing the 5th Annual Grow NYC Seafood Throwdown, featuring Chef Shanna Pacifico of Pacifico's Fine Food. And she will be taking on the defending champion Chef Cheryl Smith of Cheryl's Global Soul which was right around the corner from my apartment when I used to live in Brooklyn, and we used to go there and eat scones and coffee before we went to the very same Grand Army Plaza 
farmer's market where this seafood throwdown will be happening. A mystery fish will be provided by Blue Moon and two chefs will compete to win the taste buds of the judges. Michael Crocker, who's the author of Sharing the Ocean, Stephanie Villani, who is the wife of Alex Villani, the fisherman of Blue Moon Fish, and Anthony Fascio, who is the on the board of Slow Food NYC. The event starts at 11 a.m. I will be there handing out some sharp and hot magnets and Heritage Radio Network stickers. Grand Army Plaza Farmer's Market, Saturday, 11 a.m. Many thanks to Teen. Many thanks to Elaine Johnson, Julie at Motormouth Media, Kat at Dotoscope, and Jack for engineering the show. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to Craft Coffee. Everything is on sharpandhot.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chef Emily P. Until next week, everyone, keep playing with fire and knives. Sharp and hot with Chef Emily. Sharp and hot with Chef listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.